Hey, it's Dr. Chalmers, and welcome back to another episode of Wellness Insights with uh, Dr. Chalmers. Uh, what we're doing today is we're kind of going through some of the stuff we've been working with ketamines for PTSD, depression, anxiety, stuff like that, the trauma, the psychological trauma that we get, especially with our first responders and our uh, veterans. Uh, and today, uh, Matt Venna is with us today. We're going to kind of go through kind of his stuff and uh, with uh, his journey through ketamine. So, uh, Matt, thanks for coming and, and talking with us. I think it's going to help lots of people. So, uh, thanks for coming. Absolutely. Thank you for having me and thank you for the treatment. It's been a huge blessing. Absolutely, man. Yeah, that's that's been, I've been super excited about it, uh, kind of going through. So to kind of start everybody off, kind of, you know, go through kind of your stuff. You know, you've been, you've been a first responder for a long time. You've done a lot of stuff. Um, kind of go through and kind of tell us, you know, the stuff that you've done, you know, you're kind of where, where life kind of ended up and how, how bad it got. And then we'll kind of run through the treatment. So go ahead and jump in with your stuff. Yeah, I'll try to do my best to recap. Um, started in the fire service in high school as a cadet, 2002, uh, shortly after 9-11, and then professionally right after I graduated 18, 2004, um, EMT, firefighter, became a paramedic at 2021, um, did about 18 years of professional service. I worked all over California, kind of some of the some of the worst spots as well in the country. Um, I did about a decade in Stockton, also worked in Oakland, San Francisco Bay Area, as well as for the state. So saw a lot of trauma, um, a lot. Everything from you know accidents, shooting, stabbings, um, being shot at, being attacked, fighting people on drugs and PCP on a more regular basis than, than should be uh, for certain. Um, lost lost folks both in the line of duty that I've worked with lost a lot of guys on and off duty just saw a lot of tragedy a lot of death um I kind of was that black cloud as well like something crazy was going to happen it was going to be my call I was going to be on it and that carried across every agency I've worked with and my whole career um so that translated I think now looking back um I, I think like I said in our, our initial interview I was very, I'm just going to say ignorant to PTSD um, and very naive about it, uh, especially in my earlier career. We knew little and nothing about it. It was barely being talked about in the earlier 2000s, even until probably the last five years, I would say that I knew almost nothing. Um, and then started putting pieces together, realizing symptoms, but it, re it really took me a long time. Uh, now, knowing what I know, I probably had it at 21, probably a few years in. Um, I saw more in my first couple of years of my career than most most guys will uh, in their entire career. And there's new studies. I always felt that way. Um, and then there's data that came out. There were folks that retired um, or would have started, per se, in like the 70s and retired, let's say, on an average 30-year career, about 2000. Now, anybody coming in in their first like three to five years across the board on average is going to see more than somebody would in a 35-year career 35 years ago. 30 years ago. Is that across the board or is that, yeah, police, fire, paramedics? Is, or is it yeah, that's fire? that's all, all, yeah, all first responders, emergency services across the board. So anybody showing up to a 911 call, yeah, like somebody in, in three to five years now across the board, you know, it's going to differ on the call volume in areas, but across the board, they did a national study. And in three to five years now, people will see more than people did an entire career over decades um, previous years ago. Just the increase in accidents, the increase in uh, violence, I guess, uh, studies, there's just a lot more going on, especially the mental health um, 
crisis, I would say there's a lot more suicides. So there's just a whole lot more trauma that, that these first responders are being exposed to at a, a significantly increased level than it used to be. And, you know, when I talk to you about this, it's like, you know, you talk about combat veterans and like, oh, I totally get that. And I'm like, what's, I, and a lot of times it's in a divorce as our first responders and they look at me kind of funny. And I'm like, well, who do you think sees all the car wrecks? Who do you think fishes the four-year-old kids out of pools? Like, who do you think sees the gunshot wounds and the burned bodies? And so like, like our first responders put themselves between that trauma and us for us. And so that's kind of one of those things. And people, we start explaining, people are like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think about that. Like, I, I have a whole new respect for the firefighters and the police officers and things like that in my area. And, you know, it's, it's true. Like, you know, when you pull up to a wreck, you know, if you're driving by a wreck and there's the cops and the firefighters out there, like everybody looks because we don't really want to see mangled bodies, but you know, that's what you're looking for. And you guys have to see it and clean it up and move these guys around and, you know, tell them they're going to be fine when you know they're not like that. Yeah. That's, there's a lot of really, really bad stuff that you guys have to deal with. So, you know, that's one of the reasons I was like, we got to include you guys in the charity. So, um, so, uh, so when it was, you know, you, you saw that stuff, you know, real quick, if we can recap kind of how your life was as far as what PTSD felt like and what it was doing to you and to your family just a little bit. Um, so kind of run through that for us a little bit. Yeah. Um, I've always been kind of a, you know, very type A guy. Um, and, and I figured that was just the mindset you needed. And, and I've been doing that more than half my life now, the majority of my life and my entire adult life. So it really was my identity um, and second generation public safety as well. My, my dad was was in law enforcement, so it's kind of all I've ever known. And I grew up around a lot of trauma and a lot of chaos where I was. So now I'm looking back with what I've learned, the treatment I've went through, like how early it probably really started and all the contributing factors. But it basically escalated to the point where I just I thought I had pretty bad ADD. That's just was my assumption for the longest time. Really easy to, to be irritable, distracted. Um, I just thought I had a temper and a lack of patience um but i cared about people wanted to help them right so almost like an oxymoron very very conflicted there didn't really make sense um really really bad insomnia um my sleep has been awful for years and years and years now and uh i know that's the shift work the emergencies it's just you know i wake up after like 2 a.m i couldn't go back to sleep no matter what tried melatonin that increased the insomnia. I mean, I, I've tried so many just different things. So the insomnia was really bad. The irritability uh, was definitely causing a lot of strain with the kids, getting easily triggered and overwhelmed. Uh, it really escalated to the point where I started having some dissociative episodes, uh, which was, it was definitely scary. Uh, thank God none of mine got to the point in the extreme that some other people I know with PTSD, <clears throat> with PTSD um, I, started, I started on TRT, slightly helpful but didn't fix it i tried cbd i tried different other modalities trying to figure stuff out was really dealing with irritability depression um and in denial i was naive and in denial so finally we were also short-staffed uh just like law enforcement it's really no different anymore in the early 2000s california there were 5,000 qualified applicants per position per opening it was like the most competitive job in the country um and then Fast forward about 20 years later, we can't even get enough qualified applicants for positions. Like that is how drastic it has changed with, with society, with our culture. Um, people just don't want to serve anymore. People don't want to deal with it. It's not what it was. Um, it's definitely gotten worse, unfortunately. The working conditions, the environment, the treatment, uh, the things we see, all of that is has gotten worse for the first responders. 
So it's definitely not helping in the recruitment and marketing um, side of things um, as the numbers dictate, you know, numbers that yeah. definitely spell that out. So things change a lot. So, so with that um, being short staffed, I was working like two full-time shifts for years, minimum plus in California. And we'd had fire season, which ran at least half the year. Um, so we'd be sent out for instance, for that backfilling behind it. So I was at work just almost all the time. Like my younger daughters, I worked almost their entire lives. You know, when it came to holidays, they just knew they were going to the firehouse to see me if I wasn't out on a larger fire incident. Um, there was a short window. We finally got staffed up and I'm like, maybe that's it. Maybe I'm just overworked. I'm stressed out. I'm tired. Maybe I'll get some sleep. Maybe that's all it is. I was like, you know, get some actual days off. You know, like that kid, you're going to make six figures. You're only work 10 days a month. It's going to be glorious, right? It's like a part-time job, but, you know, and, and here I am working, you know, a thousand hours a month. <laughs> Everyone, you know, not, you know, minimum 96 straight, just none of it was what I thought it would be. Um, so with that, I finally got some days off. I'm like, all right, things are going to get better. I'm going to be able to chill out, get some stuff done around the house, put some time with the family. And it didn't, it got worse. And that, that was, I think that was one of the biggest takeaways for me. I, I finally had some time off in years. Things got worse. Uh, all of the symptoms I was experiencing, the irritability, the triggers, like I was so excited to come home. I'd be gone at least five days at a time. I'd be excited to see the young kids. I'd get home and just instantly get set off, worrying about this. We didn't lock that. Um, hypervigilance was through the roof, 10 out of 10. You know, that's, so that's we're decreased doing a little bit. Real quick on that one, kind of explain what that is because a lot of people don't understand what that means. So I walk through walk through what that feels like and sounds like because there's a lot of guys who have that and they don't know it. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, I would say probably every first responder has at least a degree of it and you have to really just to kind of keep you alive. But it's more of a sympathetic, you know, fight response where you're looking for exits, looking for threats, um, making sure stuff's secure. I mean, I've even caught my teenager sneaking out of the house because of my extreme hypervigilance, right? So there, there's some good and some bad with it. It'll keep you safe, but it'll also keep you miserable if it's bad uh, because you're just at that heightened sense of awareness where you can't, you can't like engage, be present or enjoy anything. You're there, but you're not. Like you're, you're physically there, but mentally you're, you're checking threats. You're being distracted. What about this guy over here? What about that? Um yeah, one so of the guys that, I was talking to, he was talking about in a restaurant. He was like, I can't go to a restaurant because I'll have to sit with my back to the wall and every single thing that moves, everyone who comes in, everyone who, like, who's moving around, I have to assess them and be like, is that a threat or is that not? They're like, I can't, can't even enjoy a meal. And so like, that's the funny thing. That was the big one because I talked to other guys like that. And they're like, you know, I kind of have that too. And so that's why I was like, you, you got this hypervigilance from XYZ. So but that's why yeah. I want to make sure we covered it. But yeah. Yeah, that's it. You know, you're double, triple checking the doors are locked. You know, if guys have cameras, you know, not, I wouldn't say full blown. I mean, some people may confuse it with paranoia to an extent, if you will. Uh, but you're walking around distressed out, wound up. Did the door get shut? Did this get checked? Did that? And, and I attribute a lot of that to being a firefighter and a medic. Like, I got to show up and handle any emergency at any time. And, you know, hey, hey, I can't do it. Hey, I don't know what to do. Hey, I forgot my stuff. Um, like, none of those are acceptable answers when, you know, it's somebody's loved one of their life on the line. And I, I think that's it. It's like a death by a thousand cuts or more. You just don't realize like how much that, that gets to you 24 seven, just having to be ready for anything and everything. And in any moment's notice, you got to be ready for anything and everything under the sun. Um, so that, it, you know, you, you just can't disengage and like step away from that. And what's weird is the, um, the body keeps the score 
excellent book on trauma and PTSD. Excellent book. If anybody hasn't, um, Dr. Bessel von Kirk, I'm probably saying his name wrong, but he, he was kind of the one that really pioneered it from war neuroses to shell shock to really what PTSD is now. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the early information, a lot of uh, psycho farm as well. And he talked about that. And a lot of it really resonated with me. It made sense about PTSD and trauma. Um, and there were studies done, but one of them was uh, people that seek these careers. A lot of them have experienced trauma, which adds up for me and makes sense in their youth or childhood. Um, uh, that, that seek these things like one of the things was uh like dangerous dangerous behavior um reckless behavior things like that and i was like well i'm, I'm pretty disciplined i'm squared away i'm responsible i have kids and then i'm sitting back thinking i'm like well my job's dangerous i work in the most dangerous city i'm doing tactical medicine um at one point i was doing fugitive recovery on my days off my wife shut that down and then I started to th- go back and think, I'm like, yeah, okay, I guess I was trying to get myself killed on and off duty every day. Like, okay, you know, definitely, I think checks the box to qualify at that point. You know, I, I was in denial of a lot of my symptoms and a lot of my behaviors, to say the least. Well, so, so okay, walk us through the walk us through how the the ketamine like that little treatment piece went, and then kind of how how things are now in in contrast to how they were. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like, like we were just talking about my hypervigilance was, was to the point where I, I couldn't really enjoy life, you know, outside the house, especially driving. Um, it's much better, but that was a real struggle just because I've seen so many accidents, threats, unsafe drivers that, uh, like if anybody asked me anything or made a noise even while I was driving, it would startle me like pretty significant to where it would really trigger that sympathetic response and get me really worked up to where it wasn't pleasant for my family or enjoyable at all, uh, to say the least, right? So like road trips and that were miserable, were not fun, were super stressful. Having young kids, adding adding that to the element, you know, doesn't make it easier, but it's normal life that I should be able to live and anybody else should. Like it shouldn't trigger me to the point or extent that it did, you know. Um, Talking about going out, I didn't go to the movies, to a movie theater for five, six years. I just wouldn't go because it, it was, it was the stress was just too much. Like so many people, unknown elements, the things that I saw and made even the simple things like that, just not enjoyable, which is not cool or fun. So um, went through a lot of treatment leading up to ketamine. Um, circling back to that, finally got some time off. Things got worse. The noise, you know, the, the noise, the, the, that's where I was getting at with that is traumatized people seek trauma. So like on those calls, on those emergencies, I was my happy place and my sense of peace in that chaos. And I thrived in that and I worked really well, which didn't really make sense because you would think a difficult situation is where you struggle. But it was actually all the normal day-to-day life, the simple things where I struggled the most uh, significantly. And so that's when I sought help. I finally finally saw a, uh, a specialist that specialized in PTSD first responders. And backstory on her, her dad was a chief of police in Tel Aviv, Israel, um, and he had really bad PTSD. He saw bombings and trauma, like literally every single day over there. So that's what got her to seek a path in in treating that. So pretty cool history. Um, And she did EMDR, but it was, I I wasn't there maybe 10, 20 minutes. And she was like, yeah, you have severe PTSD, Um, really bad. She's like, you're a couple of years too late. We're going to do what we can, but like, you should not be working. She's like, this is really bad. Like all the symptoms you described are are PTSD. Um, 
to the max. She's like, you basically have every qualifying criteria factor. And I'm like, oh, great. You know, it's kind of like I was in denial and avoiding it, but it was getting mm-hmm. worse, getting worse. And that was it. Uh, when it really, you know, when I really picked up on a little bit of self-awareness and, and saw how much it was affecting the family, that's when I went and, and sought help. Um, if it was me and like a lot of other guys, you know, they're, they're selfless. We're also really stubborn. Uh, you know, and those two things are not, not a good combination, especially with like mental health or self-care. So there's a lot of guys that won't get help because they felt like they're letting guys down. I got pulled off on the holidays. I felt terrible letting, letting my guys down, letting the crew down. But in hindsight, um, obviously I'm glad I did it for myself, for my family. Things are much better because of, of getting that help. And also, um, I got two guys from my department that, that went and got help shortly thereafter that were were not doing good. I mean, to the point where, uh, you know, one of my guys, a local police chief, found him walking the beach with a loaded gun. So, like, thank God, got there in time. He's getting treatment. He he was he reached out, uh, touched base with me, which is great. So it, you just really don't know how bad I think people are struggling and how many issues are really out there until you bring that out. And I think that's it too. We're such a proud community of stubborn, tough guys um, that, that it's hard. And then for me, it was just like information or the lack thereof. I didn't even know I could get PTSD. I thought that was only combat vets. And then I, we had talked before, I had a lot of guys coming back. I worked with that were medics, that were medevac, that were reservists still. They're coming back and they're like, man, I feel like I never left Afghanistan. I never left Iraq. I'm seeing, I saw more shootings today than I saw on my last deployment, like in one shift. And I was like, yeah. So I'm starting to piece all those things back together and then it makes sense, right? Where, where it all comes from. So with that, um, I ended up retiring out, um, service retired from the PTSD. I got a lot of treatment, basically hit maximum medical improvement is what they qualified it as after, uh, traditional therapy modalities. I went to the IFF, uh, COE, the center of excellence, which is just outside of DC. Um, an incredible place just for, professional firefighters uh many of them were veterans that were there as well and uh they, they treat trauma and ptsd so with their emdr and a lot of other therapy there which was very helpful really just to kind of get a better understanding but it still didn't mitigate all my symptoms and i also didn't want to be a medicated zombie i've seen so many bad experiences there with people just can, hooked up on a ton of psych meds uh, a lot of bad experiences personally that i've seen with many people i know and through my career so I've been stuck in this really, really difficult place. I'm struggling. I think things are going to get worse. I'm on, on psych meds. I've seen it get worse for people. So I'm like, you know, between a rock and a hard place and what I do. And then somehow, you know, I think grace of God, I, I, I got a hold of your comment feed or something came across from some mutual friends um, about you with the charity and um, do Academy. And, and then we touched base, started the treatment and, um, it's been so helpful. I, I believe I did six sessions in total and uh, each one, I definitely got more relief, which was uh, incredible. I think just to start with the, uh, I took notes and I, I was reviewing after each session as well, kind of how I was doing the treatments changes. And that was one of the things is like, I, I got my first night, I think I slept like six hours. And I think I was probably averaging like two, two and a half up to at that point. Like I, I track it with my watch. So that was huge um one thing i wasn't ready for and it only happened the first session i know we're re- rewiring uh pathways and i really think that happened because that first session i had the most splitting headache and i was i was hydrated um it was it was a lot it, the, the first night it went away after a few hours but uh it was intense but i really think i was actually feeling my brain 
being reset in a good way. Mm-hmm. Because shortly there after that, it was like my thoughts weren't as foggy. I was thinking more clear. Things were moving a lot better, which I know decreased the frustration level. My frustration level was very high. Um, I was able to release, I think, a lot of the stress and anxiety has definitely turned down. Uh, I don't know about a percentage, but a significant amount. Significantly decreased um, the anxiety, which I thought was just stress before. I never knew I was anxious <laughs> until I started getting treatment. A lot and, of guys uh, will think it like I, I typically got guys are like, oh, I don't have any anxiety. And I'm like, how about stress? They're like, oh, I'm ain't up with stress. I got all the stress in the world, but I don't have any anxiety. And I'm like, yeah. it's the same thing. <laughs> anxiety is for women, stress is for men, right? That's that right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So when they yeah, told yeah. me that, that I that I had <clears throat> that I had really, really bad anxiety, you know, secondary to my PTSD, I was like, what? That was just still something I had to sit with. And then it, you know, it made sense as I absorbed it, processed it, but the uh, doing traditional treatment therapy helps a little. EMDR helped a little more, but it wasn't enough. Like I was still having a lot of the dreams, the nightmares, the insomnia. My hypervigilance how, was still through the How roof. are the nightmares now? <clears throat> I would say they're almost gone. Um, and my, my sleep has been substantially better. So you had, you had multiple nightmares a night for years, and then after the ketamine, they're more or less gone? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, which nice. is significant. Like, that's probably, that's the biggest thing is I've been able to actually sleep now and, and be somewhat of a normal human, which is incredible. Um, How has the anger been? Because that's been, like, I talk to people all the time. One of my buddies called me, and he was like, my anger is gone. He was like, I didn't know, yeah. I don't know how to live without it. He was like, so we had to walk through that, but how has your yeah. anger been? Yeah, uh, I, I can, I can definitely, uh, resonate with that because that that was mine too my anger my temper like I have a big heart but I was easy to get triggered and easy to get frustrated and especially having toddlers teenagers you get tested daily by the dozens Uh, I think that was a thing like I kind of say almost as like a release like like it almost like a control delete dumped a lot of the stress Mm -hmm. and the anger that was just I think stuck in there that nothing else was helping get rid of that and process it out um almost like a cheat code you know it almost seemed too quick too easy which is awesome especially after years of struggle and years of treatment getting me only you know smidgens of improvement if you will so that's been huge um cut down insomnia cut down on the triggers um the dissociations i don't think i've had any sense where i would get super nice. stressed or being like situations that and that that was one of the things that made me make the decision to go to the center i didn't want to leave my family for almost two months um you know it wasn't an easy decision to make especially through the holidays last year but it was one of those ones where i realized like i needed to because of how it was again how it was affecting them and that was the craziest thing is getting off work i actually got substantially worse and it was like the noise settled and then all the trauma and all the other stuff showed up definitely wasn't ready for that um you know and i think that's another thing too is so many of us are like, oh, I'll just take a vacation. I'll take some days off and it'll be fine. And uh, it's normally almost always not the case at all with everybody that I've talked to by the hundreds, you know, that have, that have dealt with this. Um, so with the dis- dissociations being gone, and that's basically where you get to a point where your, your mind will actually separate and check out because of the stress levels, right? And then with PTSD, your prefrontal cortex is, is pretty messed up and misfiring and gets triggered really easy. And that's what sets that stuff off when you hit that fight or flight. So that's substantially cut down uh, to, to almost none. There was like one incident 
where my wife jumped in my blind spot. She was at the door, ran around the back as I'm backing up for her, scared the hell out of me, like restarted that. But I was able to like reset and process, which before it would have been like, would have been it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I was able to actually like work through that. So in still doing therapy, working through a lot, but I'm actually able to make significant progress now instead of getting stuck. So huge difference there. How about like restaurants and theaters? You said you couldn't even go see a movie. How how are you now? Can you be in a movie theater in a restaurant yeah. without? Yeah, I have. You know, I I still the hypervigilance is still there to a degree, but it's it's probably you know a two when it used to be a ten, something like no. that. You know, it's it's substantially less. I was able to take my daughters just over the weekend, uh, and everything was good. So it's nice. Very cool nice to be so able to live your daily if we're going to do numbers on a scale like your, your your normal day of just anxiety and stress and crazy where was it then and kind of where is it now uh, i would say before i started the treatment especially with you it was the worst that it had ever been you know uh, on the personal side affecting the personal life the family the marriage i would say it's pretty it was pretty close to a 10 uh, i would say i'm probably between a two and a three now baseline nice. yeah so way way better way better Uh, the marriage is way better communication is way better we made a ton of progress uh you know in in counseling for ourselves as well as one-on-one so I I feel like this was this was kind of that missing link that's really helped me make a ton of progress that I just wasn't able to get before and I've literally sought probably more treatment than anybody I know traditionally you know and going through intensive inpatient at the center of excellence doing all of it um and again, all of it was helpful. I don't, I don't at all want to say anything bad about that. And those people were great, but I, it only got me so far. You know, I, I yeah. feel like I was, I was pretty stuck treading water is really what it felt like on a daily, just treading water, trying to keep my head above. And this is finally like kind of been that life raft, if you will, where it's like, okay, now I can actually catch my breath and make some progress. So it's been huge. Good, good, good. Has your family noticed the anger? Has, have they noticed any the, the decrease? Yeah. Yeah. My wife, um, obviously she probably knows me better than anybody, you know, good, bad, everything in between. And and she's also incredibly intuitive. Like she for years has known that I was either triggered or about to be and wound up and and could pick up on all the symptoms of me bowing up and nostrils flaring, all the things that I was just completely unaware of. She would pick up on all that before and be like, what's the issue? And I'm like, there's nothing. Right. So she, she always knew. So she was the first one. Uh, she took me to treatment and, she actually was, you know, she was opposed to it at first too, because it's new, it's scary, it's different. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think it really just had to do with just a lack of information, education. You know, we know that we look it up, ketamine is super safe, helpful. I know a few other people that have taken it too with PTSD and same thing, been incredibly helpful for them. Um, and so she, she saw almost instant changes and the level of frustration I think she had with me and what I put her through with the PTSD for her to say anything, I think took some significant change on my part before she would even be willing to admit anything. So her admitting anything at all is significant. Um, And she did towards the end of the treatment, my last couple of sessions, she said she saw a huge difference. Um, And it's, it's been great for, for the family um, because of that and the marriage. Definitely. Yeah. One of my buddies was telling me that he he was with his kids in his car and uh, somebody cut him off and he didn't say anything. And his son was like, wow, dad, he's like, you're a lot more calm. He's like, you, you would have ripped that guy up. And, he, and he, he told me, he was like, he goes, yeah, okay. He goes, and later he was like, what environment was I 
was I creating for my children? Like what kind of toxic environment was I then handing my children because I hadn't been able to deal with my stuff? And he's like, that's, he was like, he was like I almost started crying. He's like, cause you know, I realized what I've been doing. And now that he was able to deal with his stuff better, he was like, I'm, he's like, now I can create an environment for my children where they can grow up with, without the trauma and that, you know, with all that stuff. So yeah. that's why I asked specifically about the kids. So you told me a story that I don't even know if you remember it stuck out so well for my mind. Um, tell me the story about the dog. You told me the story about how you sat down next to your dog. Oh yeah. Yeah. I got a dog. He's a, uh... He's still somewhat of a pup. He's almost two years old now, I guess. So he's, but he's young, still pup. Horrible anxiety. Like he's been super anxious, always anxious around me, super skittish. He's never been hit, beat. Really good. We have other dogs, but he's just, the breeder told us not to take him, but my wife fell in love with him probably because of her bleeding heart. And he was, <laughs> you know, all the, all the love he needed that I just did not have the capacity for at all. Not even kind of or the patience. And, uh, and I came home after the first treatment and he normally he would kind of avoid me and be really skittish. And he, yeah, he came up and was just totally like almost normal with me leaning up against me, wanting to pet him and that. And I was like, what in the world? That was significant too. You know, and I know dogs, obviously they're incredibly intelligent and intuitive and pick up on a lot. No, that was, that was for me, that was eye opening. Like, whoa, kind of like the story of the kids in the car. Like, man, did he notice that big of a difference from me just after the first treatment? Um, and he has been much better, you know, and I mean, that, that, there was a definitive timeline there where there was no denying, you know, there was nothing else different other than that right then and there. And that was like instantaneous. Yeah. When I came home and he was just totally chill and comfortable sitting next to me, walking up and I was like, what? Listening. Yeah. Normally he'd be all skittish, run to his crate, wouldn't want to come out. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. That was, that was so a dog, cool thing to see. We use dogs to, to sniff, sniff out diabetes, to sniff out epilepsy. Like they'll do all sorts of things where they feel you're about to have a seizure. Like this has been well documented. Yeah. And so, you know, that's always one of those things. You know, people always say, you know, you know, if my dog doesn't like you, I don't like you because, you know, dogs have such a great, you know, ability to sense people. So that's when you told me that story. I was like, oh, that means so much more to me than everything else. So <laughs> right. I was so excited when you told me that story. So, um, yeah, that was fantastic. So, um, okay. So, you know, we went from a, a 10 to a two or a three. So, you know, in, in what, how long did it take you to do the six treatments? Like three, four uh, weeks? Just, yeah, just under a month. Yeah. yeah. It's been, it's been almost, it's been about three, right at three months, just over three months since the last treatment. Um, so, so how, so which you, is how, good. So, so did you, have you noticed a big uptick back to where you were or are you pretty much level? Like you're still good. I would say pretty level. Um, I know they've talked about, you know, I've, I've talked to other people and yourself about, you know, probably I think they recommended maybe quarterly, right. And maintenance, mm -hmm. it's not necessarily a one and done lifetime. Um, I would say maybe it's crept back up to a, a five at times a little bit, but for the most part, it's been pretty consistent. Um, I can definitely see the need to do it maybe quarterly, you know, yeah. you know, some type of modality that's very doable and reasonable um, for sure. But definitely been a substantial help and and for an extended period of time right it's been several months um and and i'm still doing still doing pretty good way better um so i'd say yeah you know i definitely i, I would say I, I would like to do it again on a you know therapeutic level every mm -hmm. so often and i know only time will tell as we we work through that but it's definitely been incredibly helpful um incredibly helpful i did when i was at the center um some people 
because of my anxiety, I was basically stuck right in, in the fight response, just indefinitely, fully mm-hmm. aggressive, ready to go, ready to fight, ready to hit the door. Any noise, I was triggered, and I was just, you know, I, I was ready to go in the worst of ways. In a good way, if there was, you know, a life or death situation, but in a terrible way for everything else in life, which is almost all of it, especially for me now, off duty. That's all of life. So I was stuck there. Um, and there was a there was a doctor, anesthesiologist who's a combat vet and a military doc, now private. And he uh, he does this offered elsewhere, this, this SGB, the Stella Ganglate Block. Mm-hmm. And um, some people said it was phenomenal. I, I, there were probably a dozen guys that got it while I was there. Like some guys wouldn't even talk to you because they were so angry and wound up. They would even our own people, right? Guys worked with and all that in the community, which is helpful. They wouldn't even talk to you. And then one of the guys, you know, he got the shot and he came back in tears, hugging everybody. And it was great. And the, the uh, responses were, were very, very, some people felt nothing. Some people helped for a month. Some people helped for a week. Um, and so I went and they lay you on the table. If anybody's not familiar, there's some videos you could look up SGB um, and uh, <laughs> strap you down. They, they ended up missing the first time you get it essentially a dart through your neck. They're looking at the ultrasound and, you know, it was not fun. You know, me being a medic, I know enough about anatomy, physiology, where they were, like Mm -hmm. a lot, a lot of risk and uh, just not fun. So I'm laying there, I'm listening to my heart and start tacking away and they missed the first time. So we had to do it all over again. Mm -hmm. And the second time at one, they're pulling my head to manipulate it. They actually took a resistance band around my wrist tied it down to the end of the bed to pull my shoulder and hyperextend to get through like my traps were in the way just from my anatomy i'm not little and they were having a hard time accessing it so yeah i had to do do that twice and they did it and uh instantly you feel it you you feel the nerve block but it helped me for probably a week two weeks tops like it's like okay cool I, i came down from a 10 to probably a five for a week it wasn't very long. I was like, damn. Yeah. Not only that, it was one of the most miserable and uncomfortable experiences of my life. I was on that bed for like 45 minutes with them poking and prodding in my neck in total. It was miserable as hell. Well, and the worst part about that is, and this is this is the thing that I, whenever I have to go to a hospital and see stuff, because like, you know, you, they're sticking needles in your neck. By <laughs> your, you're like, if you miss at all. I'm yeah. in a really bad place. And so you've yeah. got to deal with that the whole time. Like yeah. that was driving me insane. Yeah, my anxiety was already here. And then I just hear my heart tacking <laughs> on the monitor and they got the volume. It was just, dun, 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 you know, so there's this noise. I'm tied down. I can't move. I'm being hyperextended. I'm being oh, stabbed. Man. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was like, it was like, you know, the perfect storm for anybody anxious. Like that was going to be the worst was, possible thing to do to somebody with PTSD. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was a traumatizing experience all in its own right. And then he's like, you know, you, you're the most difficult patient I've ever had, like anatomy wise to do that. I'm like, of course. And I'm like, yeah, that makes me feel better. That all makes it all better, right? Yeah. So yeah. So when I was leaving, uh, when I graduated the COE and discharging, and I was talking to the doctor, the medical director, and psychiatrist there, she's like, look, I know you don't want to take a bunch of psych meds, you don't want to be a zombie. I get it, but your PTSD is so bad, your anxiety is so bad. Um, we recommend you getting frequent <laughs> SGB shots. That's like caps. Like, there's got to be a better way. I'd rather jump off a bridge. Like, yeah. no thanks. So I'm I'm super grateful um, for the ketamine option, especially 
with that being my other treatment that was recommended that wasn't successful or helpful. Like it was not where, even if it would have been great for a month or two, it was not worth how miserable that experience was. So yeah. I, I would really like to avoid that. And ketamine has helped me and was much better. So I'm very grateful, very yeah. grateful for that. Well, absolutely. I'm just, I'm just real happy that we could, you know, we could be able to get in and help somebody. And you know, the thing is, is that, you know, I was kind of, you know, talk about the, the psych meds don't work very well. Um, you know, we tried, I'm not saying that we didn't try like those, we, we did it, we did what we could with psych meds. They just didn't work. They don't work for what we're talking about. Um, you know, and then we've got some other stuff. Some of these nerve blocks are helpful for some of the guys, but you know, when we talk to guys like yourself who are at the very peak of problem, right. They're, they're at the 10 level, this being the only thing that brings them down. You know, I'm really, really glad that we're able to, you know, get this information out because, you know, I talk to guys, I, I talk to these vets, I talk to, you know, I talk to the first responders all the time, and we have these conversations, I'm like, have you guys been told about ketamine? And they're like, well, yeah, we use it all the time. And I'm like, no, for mental health. <laughs> and they're like, what do you mean? And they're like, yeah. we use it to knock people out. And I'm like, no, 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 it's great. And so, you know, that's one of the reasons I want to make sure we did this, was that so the guys like yourself who have given so selflessly, you know, and, and helped so many people and had to deal with all this trauma, you know, had we not had this conversation, you would not have found out about it. And so like, I'm, that's why I'm hoping that, you know, with the charity and everything else, we can start, you know, getting more guys in, we can start having more conversations. We can be like, look, you know, and the thing is, is that, like you said, you know, ketamine does an amazing job. And the way I like to use ketamine is we use ketamine to take you from the 10 to the two. And then, you know, we can use quarterly things to just, you know, reset everything. And then hopefully we'll get some laws changed. So we can use some of the daily psilocybin, to kind of keep things at that lower level as well. The research on it is spectacular. So, you know, this is where we're trying to go. And we're trying to change the world. We're trying to change the country. Uh, and we're trying to change mental health. I, I believe that the psychedelics and the, and the academy can easily be a renaissance in mental health because it's not like it helps a little bit better than everything else. It helps substantially more than everything else. And it's not a, it's not a miracle like, here you, here you go, now you're fixed. But, you know, this is the thing we should be spending our time and energy on you know, not trying to people put people on 65 medications and then they go, you know, shoot up our school or do something like that. Like if we can actually fix the problem, let's fix the problem. And so that's why I was so excited about this. And, you know, everyone I've talked to who's done it has been like, it helped either helped a lot or it fixed the problem. Like no yeah. one's been like, I did it and it didn't do anything. Like I haven't talked to anybody. And I'm sure those guys are out there, but you know, this has been the thing that I've been so excited about. And I've been so happy with the results we're getting because, like I said, you guys put yourselves, you know, between us and the trauma. I don't, I don't want to be around that stuff. I don't want that stuff around my kids. So, you know, thank you guys for doing that. Um, but that's really why, you know, when we started the charity, I was like, we got to help these guys out and do whatever we can. So, you know, it's, people ask me, like, I'm in this all the time. I'm talking to guys like you. I'm talking to the guys who are having the problems. I'm talking to the guys about how much better they're doing. And when people were like, like, why did you dedicate your whole supplement store to this? And I'm like, because this is now my life. Like, I don't understand how you can be part of this and help, you know, have people tell you the stories that you've told me and be like, that's nice. I don't really want to, that's, I'm not all in on that. Like, because it's, it's real easy to go, like, if you're a guy who likes to help people, it's easy to go all in on this because it's like, if all I do is just tell other people about this and you guys can go find somebody else to do it, fantastic. Because as long as you know, you can do so, you can make the decision to go get help. And so you know, I've been super excited about being able to do this. And so I'm, I'm very happy that you and your wife, you know, both had the trust in what we were doing um, to, you know, to go through it. 
Uh, and I'm really, really glad that it's been able to help you guys. You know, it's one of those things I talk to vets and I talk to, you know, first responders who go through divorces and they lose their kids and stuff like that. And they tell the stories and you're just like, that's horrible. And I've talked to so many of them. They're like, you know what? It's better for them now. They're like, what are you talking about? I was like, I'm such an ass. Like I was, I was, all I did is scream at my kids and my wife and I was always angry and I could never get rid of it. And so I'm just glad that they're not around this anymore. And I was just always broke by heart. So I was like, we can just fix you. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's definitely the thing. And like you said, I, I know a lot of people have done every other traditional therapy and it's been across the board and not highly successful, but ketamine has been the one with everybody that I have talked to probably a dozen in total. Personally, they've, they've gotten a lot of help. Um, so definitely helped me a ton. I'm definitely, definitely advocate and hopefully, yeah, we can get the message out. I think that's another thing too, for guys on duty. Um, you know, guys are still on the job. I'm sure they're concerned about that, about being able to get back to work. If they do do the treatment, there's still a lot of, uh, Still a lot of judgment out there. Still a lot of, you know, tough guys that they want to put people down. And there's still a lot of judgment guys are worried about for sure um, in that. And, uh, you know, I, I definitely take some bravery to reach out and, and to get some help. But another thing for those guys, if anybody that does or is on the fence, um, I was functional same day. No problem. Um, mm -hmm. I, you know, I know everybody responds slightly different, but it didn't set me out. It didn't knock me out. It didn't set me back other than you know, needing to rest for a few hours of being a little lethargic. That's, that, that's it. That was the extent of it. There was no hangover. I wasn't out of service for days on end, anything like that. I could have, I could have absolutely done the treatment and been to work the next morning, you know, no, no problem. And yep. I would say cognitively, um, you know, you guys are probably familiar with like alpha braid. You see a lot of the ads, Joe Rogan, always talking about how sharp, you know, he is with that. I felt, I felt like ketamine was like what they describe alpha braid you know symptoms uh are supposed to be i was mm -hmm. just sharp i was sharp i felt like my thoughts my speech everything has been more clear and fired a lot better so honestly i would say you're going to be going back to work in better shape for sure than you than you were i would say after academy um so that's another thing too if if you share this um you know my socials are just my name here i'm on you know facebook instagram if any of the guys do want to reach out if there's any other nonprofits or first responders and vets, um, I'm connected with a few. Hopefully we can do a lot more work. But if any of them want to have a personal conversation with me too, I'm I'm you know, I'm happy to have that. Feel free to reach out. Well, you know, my my whole thing is getting this information out. So if you've got guys that you know you want to bring to the group, like bring to the charity, please do. If there's ways that we can help you reach out to everybody else, like let's build that out. You know, if we can, you know, and I think one of those deals is that, you know, and I'm literally thinking about this as we're talking. I've got a Facebook group I already used, the Wellness Insights Facebook group. We can just kind of take that over for this and start, everybody can go in and, you know, we'll add some admins and stuff like that, but we'll be able to all discuss it. Like, hey, you know, this is what's going on, this and that. Like, have you done this? Have you done that? Like, I think that'll help everything else. So we'll uh, we'll, we'll add all that in and see if we can't, you know, form a group that, you know, where we can all talk and be like, hey, you know, this is, this is what did for me. This is what did for me. So um, I think that, you know, putting this all together is going to be a good idea. So I'll, I'll start setting that up, but you know, I, I, again, yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to help. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, you're first, you choose to be a first responder because you like to help people. You know, that's, that's, you know, no one, no one becomes a firefighter and does all the things you do if you don't want to help people. So like, but we'll, you know, I'll, I'll set it up and we'll get started and we'll all chat. Um, I've got some guys, uh, one of the guys who is a, owns a cannabis company in Colorado, I'm sorry, in California. 
Um, they're they're doing some great stuff, so I'm gonna bring them in. We got I got meetings with guys today, um, so we're gonna we're gonna build this out pretty well. So I'm I'm really excited about what this is gonna be able to do to help people. Um, and so yeah, I man, we'll do we'll do everything we can to get the word out and talk. So I, I just appreciate so much not only you 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 know trusting me to do this, but then you know having the love for your your fellow brothers to come out and tell your story and tell how much this has helped you, so that everybody else can kind of get a little bit of piece of the uh, the pieces piece and call. So. Yeah, I, I hope so. You know, I know there's a lot of guys out there that need it for sure. And I was one of them just, and I'm grateful for you, you know, everything you've done to, to create this opportunity for us to get help. So thank you very much for that. Absolutely, man. Well, thanks, man. And we'll, uh, I'll, like I said, I'll make sure that when we start setting this stuff up that, you know, you've got a spot on the admin board to talk to these guys and we'll get it all through, pushed through. But, you know, thank you so much for everything that you've done. Um, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll get it going. So thanks for being on. Love it. Thank you.